welcome to the Wise Women Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, mama, wife, book lover, coffee lover, and just your everyday woman seeking after Christ. Come along with me as we discover deep truths in God's Word, discuss common struggles among Christian women, and build a community to help hold one another accountable. If you're looking for a place to hear real, raw truth and honesty from Scripture, then this is definitely the place for you. So grab your Bible, your journal, and a pen, and join me as we dive into today's topic. Hey friends, and welcome back to another week of the podcast. Last week, we learned about what it means to be redeemed in Christ, being delivered from ourselves and putting our identity in Him rather than ourselves. It's so easy to get caught up in this question of just who am I and, you know, what, where do I belong that it's so easy in our society for us to get our eyes off of Christ. But last week we talked about redemption and making sure that Christ is at the center of who we are. We are going to continue in this series this week with forgiveness. So what does that mean? I feel like this is such a wide range of a topic because so many things can fall under this category, but we're going to focus on forgiveness in Christ and what does that mean and how can we learn to forgive ourselves? What does that kind of look like? Um, I do feel like this is a topic that every single person struggles with, man or woman. Um, It's just a hard thing to, it's a hard concept to grasp, I think, with our fleshly minds. Um, So I'm hoping that I can give you just a little bit of insight and encouragement today. I don't have all the answers and I never will ever claim to have all the answers, but I'm hoping to shed a little bit of light on this topic for you today. We are going to start out in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word, if, it's a conditional term. Often it's used in connection with other particles to denote indefiniteness or uncertainty. I... I can't get past the fact that it's a conditional term. We're going to talk about this in just a minute, but just keep that in mind as we break down the rest of this scripture. Confess, it means to speak the same or to be in agreement with something or somebody. So if we confess our sins, uh, sins or failures or missing the mark, we talked about that last week. Um, When we confess our sins, using that definition of to speak the same or to agree, and this comes from the Strong's Concordance. Um, If we confess our sins, that's just saying we're agreeing with God. We are standing in agreement with God that our sins are wrong. We are agreeing with him that this is wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. What I'm walking in is wrong. This is a sin. Um, The next part of that is he is faithful. Faithful means to be reliable, trustworthy, full of faith, and just. Just means to be equitable 
or right. Forgive means to send away, leave alone. So he is faithful. He is trustworthy and he is right to leave our sins, to to send them away and to cleanse us. Cleanse means to purge or to purify. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. And unrighteousness is injustice and being morally wrong. So if we agree with God that our sins are failures, if we stand in agreement with him that this is wrong, and we confess that to him, we bring that to him, he is trustworthy, he is reliable, and he is right. He's equitable. He does it the right way. He knows what he's doing. And he sends away, he leaves our sins alone, and he cleanses us, he purges us, purifies us from all morally wrong things, from injustice. What a beautiful, beautiful, what a beautiful picture of love to know that God doesn't just forgive me, but then he cleanses me. He cleanses me from that filth that I was in. So I want to come back to that word if, and I want to talk on it for a minute. If is a conditional term, just like I mentioned earlier. If we confess our sins, this is the only part of this scripture, of this one verse that we're looking at, That requires or asks anything of us. If we confess our sins. The rest of the scripture. Is telling us about who God is. And what he is going to do. It says that if we confess our sins. If we choose to do it. If we make that choice to confess our sins. He is faithful. He is just to forgive our sins. And he will cleanse us from our unrighteousness. The only requirement it's asking of us right here in the scripture is to do it, confess it, agree with God that what you're doing is wrong, and he takes care of the rest. We get so hung up on forgiving ourselves and trying to forgive ourselves and trying to understand the forgiveness of Christ that we oftentimes, I think we just forget that he did all the work for us. He did the hard part. He went to Calvary. He bore our sins. He took on that filth. We don't have to carry that around like he did. And not only did he do all that, but he is faithful. He is just and right. He, he's going to forgive us and then he's going to cleanse us. All as long as if we confess. That's what it holds on. That's what it hinges on. If we confess, then he will do these. If we confess, then this will happen. But we have to do our part first. And I love the context before we get to verse 9. Because in verse 4 of 1 John, it says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And then it goes on and it lists a few things. And then we get to the scripture that we're studying today, verse 9. The author wanted to make it known that, hey, we're writing this to you. We're going to write this information to you 
because we want your joy to be full. We want you to be able to find joy and we want it to be full. Um, When I was studying for this, that word full means to be replete. It literally means to cram. So we are, these things were written to us so that our joy can literally be full. So it can be crammed in there so that we can have so much joy that if something's crammed, more than likely it's going to overflow if you can continue to get more of it. And so this was written for us to encourage us, to help us to walk in joy that, hey, if you confess that sin, if you agree with God that this is sin, he's going to forgive you. He's going to cleanse you from it and he's going to help you to turn from it. There's so much that we could hold ourselves up on. Well, I did this and I've done this and this can never be forgiven. Christ has forgiven every single sin. The worst one that you've committed, the worst one you can think of committing, the ones you haven't even committed yet, and everything in between. He's done it. He's forgiven all of it. There is no sin that he has not forgiven of you. That is such a astounding thought to think that all of my past sins, all of my present sins, and all of my future sins have already been forgiven. It's not that he's in, a, in the process of doing it. It's not a pending bill. It's been done. It's been paid in full. It's been taken care of for us. It's not pending. It's not, it's not pending on anything. Most times when I'm struggling with forgiveness, it's not on Christ's end. It's on my end. It's me that I can't forgive. It's, it's me. I'm the problem. There's times where it's hard to forgive ourselves. After all, we do know ourselves best. It can be so hard to accept this forgiveness that God has given us. Many times, I will acknowledge that Christ has forgiven me, but I keep walking around reminding myself of that exact sin I just sat and confessed and prayed about and asked for forgiveness from. I will walk around and I will beat myself up time and time again of, I shouldn't have done this. I I shouldn't have looked at this. I shouldn't have seen this. I shouldn't have said that. You know, I shouldn't have thought that thought. And I, I, I just get so down in the molly grubs about it. And, and I was, when I was praying about this topic this week, it was just, I felt like the spirit spoke so strongly to me that so many times when it comes to forgiveness, and this is just for me, but maybe you can relate. I make forgiveness about me and that's, and that's evident through the shame that I'm holding on to. It's evident through the guilt that I'm holding on to. It's evident to the thought patterns that I continue to feed myself over and over and over again. And I make forgiveness about me and what I'm capable of and what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not doing for myself. When in reality, forgiveness is all about Christ. But so many times I have shifted the focus from what Christ has done to what I am doing or what I'm not doing. And I catch myself sometimes when I'm praying about a sin of mine thinking to myself, yeah, you know, I really don't deserve this forgiveness because I was in the wrong. I'm human. I'm going to mess up again. I I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way, but there's been times where I have literally been in prayer 
asking for forgiveness, but my brain is racing the entire time and it and it's thinking to its myself. I'm thinking, going, you know, I, I wouldn't blame God if he didn't forgive me for this, you know. I'm just gonna do it again. Or Yeah, well, you know, I it really wasn't that bad of a sin, you know. I'm just confessing it because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And so we will never be perfect in this world until we get to heaven. We're never going to be perfect. And even when we get to heaven, it's not because of us. It's because of Christ and because we'll be with him. And he is going to make our body a glorified body. And there will be no sin there. And that that is why it will be perfect, not because of us. So... In the meantime, while we're living down here, how do we get past this issue of not being able to walk in forgiveness? What are we supposed to do? Because I don't know about you, but forgiveness is something that I struggle with. And I don't necessarily struggle with forgiving others. Sometimes I do, depending on the situation, but I struggle the most with forgiving myself. And so I don't have the answers. I will not claim to have the answers. But here are three things that I have found encouragement for with this topic. And I just want to share these three with you. And I'm hoping that they will help you and encourage you. Number one, forgiveness requires a mindset shift from Christ, from ourselves to Christ. I'll say that again since I messed it up. Forgiveness requires a mindset shift from ourselves to Christ. We have to take our eyes off of what we've done and remember what Christ has done for us. We are undeserving, but he isn't. We aren't worthy of the forgiving, but he is. When we shift our mindsets and we realize this, we give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to work through us so we don't fall again. And to bring about that true repentance. Repentance isn't just admitting your sin and confessing it like we've discussed in verse 9. Repentance is then turning from that sin and not doing that sin again. And I don't know about you, but repentance is hard. Repentance is so hard because our hearts and our flesh and our, our bodies want to continue in this path of easiness. But God calls us to repentance. And so if we are going to be able to do that, if we are going to be able to accept forgiveness, the forgiveness that Christ has given us, it's going to take us shifting our eyes off of ourselves and what we are capable of and what we are not capable of and shifting them back to Christ and remembering and not just remembering, but appreciating what he did on the cross for us. I, this might be a far-fetched statement to say, but Christ dying on the cross for us and removing that sin and him allowing the forgiveness to come in and him allowing forgiveness to be something that's shown towards us. I can't help but think what a slap in his face when I sit here and I can't forgive myself. He did the hard work. He did the hard stuff. He he laid down his body and his life for me. And all I have to do is confess it and turn from it. 
what a slap in the face I feel like for him that I can't just accept what he's done for me. And so I think that's where that mind, mind, sh- mindset shift has to come in is we have to stop thinking about ourselves and trying to work in our own strength and rely on what he's done for us and trust trust that the cross and Calvary was enough because it was. The second thing is, and this ties in with the first one, so we've shifted our mindsets from ourselves to Christ. The second thing we have to do is if we are going to experience true forgiveness, we have to see sin the way that God sees it. We can't try to water it down or make it seem like it's not that big of a deal because it is. Sin is sin and God hates sin. That's He hates it. He cannot be around it. He cannot be in the same presence of it because he is so holy. And God hates sin so much that while He Christ was on the cross, the Bible says that he says the question, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In that moment, Jesus was covered in every single sin that you have committed, that you are going to commit, every single sin of every single person that has ever walked this earth and that ever will walk this earth. He was carrying all of those sins. He was wearing them, if you will. He was so filthy from the sin in that moment that God could not be in his presence because of it. Because God is too holy. God is too righteous. God is too good. He cannot dwell with sin. Sin and God cannot dwell in the same thing. They cannot be in the same place. So if we are going to experience true forgiveness, we have got to start seeing our sin the way that God sees it. And and we also have to see it the way that he sees it in the sense of, it's it's dirtiness. It, uh, that's what it is. It's just filth. And, and not that it's just filth and that it's a rule or a law that shouldn't be broken, but that it keeps us from him. <sighs> that we should want to live our lives in such a sinless way that we are just walking closer and closer to God. I have found in my own life that the more sin I have in my life, the farther I am from Christ. The more that I sin against him, the further I turn from him because I'm ashamed. And so I want to walk so closely with God that the minute a sin happens, I instantly repent of it because I don't want him to be turned from me and I don't want to turn from him. I don't want anything to come between us. But I want to live my life in such a way that the minute a sin happens, because it's going to, because I am human, I am imperfect, that the minute it happens, I repent of it, I acknowledge it for what it is, and I ask God to remove it from me so that I can once again take another step closer to him and be closer to him. So the first one is to shift our mindset from ourselves to Christ. The second one is to see sin the way that God sees it. And the third one is to remember that when he forgives, he forgives. This is a hard one for me to acknowledge and to accept. Psalm 103.12. It's one of my favorite scriptures. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I grew up in Illinois, and it is flat land. (laughs) It is flat cornfields for days. And when you look to the east, you can see pretty far, but you can't see everything. When you look to the west, you can see pretty far, but you can't see everything. But the scripture says that as far as the east is from the west, which is so far because I can look, but I'm not going to see it all. But he does. That is how far he has removed. He has taken away our transgressions from us. What a good God. What a good God that he loves us so much to not only forgive us when we really don't deserve it, but to take it away and to not remember it. To put it as far as the east is from the west. To to remove it so far from us that it is no longer associated with us. What a thought. What What an amazing thought. And so I want to close today and I want to close with just a reminder from the New Testament. One of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible because I just feel like it's so, so relatable for my life and for my walk is, um, and I'm not going to read it all, but I would encourage you to study it on your own because it is such a beautiful, beautiful story of Luke 7 verses 36 through 48. I'm not going to read it all, but I am going to read the, the bottom portion of it. And it says, there's a woman who, um, went to a Pharisee's house. The Pharisees were meeting with Jesus and this woman entered into the house because she heard that Jesus was there. And, um, here's what verse 44 says. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. One of my absolute favorite pieces of scripture, because there's so much in that. She had many sins and she knew that she was aware of what she was living in. She was aware of those sins and She was aware that she needed the forgiveness. When we don't have much to be forgiven of, it's easy to not be appreciative. This woman gave all she had, everything she had, and she anointed Christ with an expensive oil, an oil that probably cost most of her savings or fortune. And she anointed it all at his feet because she knew She knew the power that he held, but she also knew the amount of sins that she was bringing before him. She knew the depth of her sins. 
she brought forth this oil and she saturated his feet with her tears of her with her tears of appreciation because she knew the sins she needed forgiveness for if you're carrying around a load of unforgiveness today towards yourself or maybe towards someone else I want to encourage you to do just as this woman did and lay it at Jesus' feet and weep over it. Lay it down and allow him to forgive you and then walk away full of love and appreciation. We don't have to walk around in defeat and shame. We have sinned much, but we've also been forgiven so much more. Walk in Christ's victory for yourself today. And allow his joy to make you full. I pray that today has been an encouragement to you. I can't tell you how much this topic truly blessed my soul this week and really encouraged and motivated me. So I want to pray with you today. And then I just hope that you have a great week. And I hope that you really take some time to meditate on this word today. And to read Luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 48 and to spend some time in prayer asking God to help you forgive yourself and to help shift your mindset from yourself to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for each person that tuned in today. I thank you that they are faithful to want to know more about you and that they are wanting to grow closer to you. God, I pray that you would bless bless that faithfulness And I pray that you would just speak to their heart today. I pray that this message was an encouragement and that you clearly spoke to each person and gave them exactly what it is that they needed to hear. And I just pray that we can walk in your victory and that we can walk full of joy because this world is so, so easy to be defeated in. But God, you have overcome this world and you have given us the victory and you have given us forgiveness And God, you are just so, so good. And help us to remember that, God, when we feel defeat. I thank you so much for the cross and for Calvary and for what you've done for us. And I pray that you would go before us this week and help us to walk in these truths. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.